0: News, weather, traffic, money, politics, big interviews, and bold opinions. It's what's happening right now. This is Mornings with Simmy.
1: So I left my, my
2: workplace at 20 to 4 in the afternoon on my way to Aldergrove. And I got to Aldergrove at about 25 to 11 at night.
1: Yikes! That is the case for so many people. Let's hear from you on this. 604-331-2899. You can call or text that buzz line or you can email me like Nikki did. Nikki said, my 40-minute commute took me six and a half hours to get home last night. The roads were completely fine for me to drive as I have winter tires on my car and I know how to drive in the snow. But Nikki said, however, the ones that were causing all the road chaos were people that clearly had no idea how to drive in it and likely had bald summer tires on. Cars were spun out on small inclines, completely blocking two lanes of traffic. It is so frustrating, says Nikki. Despite knowing the snow was coming, they decided to drive anyway and selfishly impacted. Impact the rest of society. So frustrating, says Nikki. You're not alone in feeling that this morning. And by the way, there are still lots of impacts of that snowfall. It's still going on this morning. If you don't have to go somewhere today, then don't. We're going to talk about more, more winter driving, though. You know, somebody who knows all about this, it's our next guest. It's Josh Smythe, who's the automotive manager at BCAA. Josh, good morning.
2: Good morning, Simi.
1: You didn't get stuck in that yesterday, did you?
2: Um, Well, unfortunately, I did have to travel through it, yes. And it was an extended ride for sure.
1: Oh, boy. And so you, in your position as automotive manager, BCAA, kind of expert at winter driving, did you shake your head as you were driving along, seeing all these people spun out?
2: Uh, Well, there was a couple of moments that certainly made me uh, raise an eyebrow, you know, side windows not wiped off, Uh, you know, hard to shoulder check that way, these kind of things. So, you know, certainly uh, unprepared in some cases.
1: Okay, let's talk about that then. So you had a BCAA survey that shows forty-seven percent of BC drivers at this point had not had their winter tires installed. Was that before yesterday? I sure hope that was before yesterday.
2: <laughs> well, that was uh, we, we we did the survey and we uh, calculated the numbers just a couple of days ago. So you know, uh, winter is here now, uh, whether we will like it or not.
1: Right. So you're saying, though, as of, say, a week ago, there are still a sizable number of people who didn't have their winter tires on.
2: Oh, absolutely. About well, 47%, as, as you mentioned. And, and you know, even 30%, 37% of us don't even have an emergency kit in the vehicle ready for in case of a breakdown such as this. So if we were like one of your uh, listeners uh, stuck in the traffic for you know, eight hours, uh, you know, there's there's going to be issues.
1: So we don't put our winter tires on and we don't have an emergency kit in our vehicles. How many of us are, are nervous about driving in snow and winter conditions?
2: Well, a good 42% of us don't like driving in the snow in the winter conditions. Uh, you know, with most of us being skittish, uh, being in Metro Vancouver, Vancouver Island, where we just don't have the practice. We we don't drive in it often enough, so we don't have that experience.
1: Right. So this, okay, This num- these numbers get me, though, Josh. So, <laughs> so we don't put our tires on. Mm-hmm. 37% don't have an emergency kit. And yet 42% of us are nervous, but yet we don't prepare for it. We don't, we don't take things into account to say, oh, I, I want to make sure I don't have to be more nervous about driving in snow conditions.
2: Well, it's about 26% of us, um, you know, experience an issue in, in, in the winter, have, have an incident, if you will. And, you, so, you know, that's, that's one in four. We'd like to think it's not going to be us, but, you know, odds are at one point it's going to be. So we, we need to make sure that we're prepared for this kind of stuff.
1: And I guess, and I know this is true, I'll bet the majority of people have thoughts about other drivers.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly it. You, you know, even myself, I'm, I, I figure it's not going to happen to me. And, and, you know, just driving home yesterday, I'm like, ooh, this could have happened to me. I have to cross that bridge and I could be in this traffic for six and a half hours do i have enough gas to sit here and idle for that long am i going to be warm that long it's it's you know it's very important to be prepared for adverse conditions
1: oh it sure is so your survey also showed 72 percent of people believe that bc drivers are bad winter drivers not we're not doing a lot for our reputation after the last 12 hours or so either josh let's give people some advice if we know that snow is coming what should we be doing
2: well, the first thing we should do is get prepared. You know, that, that includes us and the vehicle. You know, have your car checked up. Have, have the winter tires checked. Make sure there's enough tread on there from from last year to use the winter tires again this year or get some fresh ones. Uh, Check your tire pressure as well. You know, as the temperature drops, so does the the pressure inside the tires. It decreases as well. So, you you know, there's a few things we can do right away off the bat to be prepared for this kind of stuff. And, of course, preparing ourselves. We have to match our driving habits with the conditions. In poor weather conditions or in the snow and the ice, when, when it's present, we want to make sure that we slow down. And leave extra room and an extra time uh, to get to where we need to be.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the slowing down part. When you see the conditions like they were yesterday, I, I honestly saw way too people, too, way too many people going too fast. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is a safe speed? Do you think at that point when the conditions are the way they are?
2: Well, you know, conditions speaking, on a dark night, for example, if if weather wasn't an issue, it was just dark. A good six seconds between you and the car in front. Uh, so with every you know poor condition that you add to it, be it uh, you know the snow uh, and and the slipperiness, add a few more seconds. So you know a little extra time uh, in between is, is is the kind of thing that you want to have if you don't need it, but you you know you certainly uh, uh, need it available there. Um, you know, come breaking and all this kind of stuff. So
1: does it, Josh, ever surprise you that you have to tell people, hey, clear off your car, <laughs> make sure the windows are clear. <laughs> And drive slowly. Like, that's essentially what we're telling people here.
2: No, it, it is. But, you know, we all have our habits and we, we all, you know, look for the, the best weather. And we're always remembering that fantastic day when we're having that fantastic ride down the road. But at the end of the day, you know, um, we wake up in the morning and, and realize the track is going to be a lot longer than maybe we anticipated. So we're, we find ourselves in a rush and we cut corners. So, you know, this is not the time to cut corners. We want to avoid driving in challenging areas and causing challenging conditions so if we wipe off the lights wipe off the entire car you know remove these little obstacles that'll be in our way we'll find ourselves in a much better position when we're on the road
1: simple and good advice josh thank you for your time
2: thank you very much to me
1: that's josh Smythe, automotive manager at bcaa they actually happen to have a survey coming out this week That said 47% of drivers, at least up until last week, had not had their winter tires installed. I know some people rushed to get theirs yesterday. 37% say they have an emergency kit in their vehicles. Only 37%. 42% said they're nervous about driving in snow and winter conditions. Well, I guess we saw what happens when we have that many people nervous about the conditions. And the whopper, 72% believe that BC drivers are bad winter drivers. Well, we certainly did not do anything for our reputation on that front in the last 24 hours, did we? And here's the thing that always gets me. We knew this was coming. When we say here, you know, oh, hey, give yourself some extra time. You might need it or slow down out there. We're not just saying it to put that out there or just to hear the sound of ourselves talking. We're saying it so that people would hopefully listen, heed that advice, be careful out there. Clearly not enough people, though, did that in the last 24 hours. Liz wrote me to say... I've never seen anything like what happened last night, says Liz. She said, I drove home from the Canucks game to Dunbar. One always has to choose the route carefully, as you'll have to do a hill at some point. Slow and steady was my pace, says Liz. Snow tires on, and I picked my route drove by at least 14 buses sideways on Arbutus, 16th, and Dunbar. And when I was learning to drive back in 1980, says Liz, you know, we always followed the bus route. What has happened? She said. Same snow. Why can't buses ha- handle it? They don't have the snow tires anymore. Where are the snow socks? You know, Transit needs to figure it out, she said, and do better. She said she saw salt trucks and plows working, which was great. Liz says people need to take responsibility. Drive slow. Pick your route. Get winter tires. Be smart. Good advice, Liz. Good advice.
0: This is Mornings with Simi.
2: Regarding uh, the traffic yesterday, full transparency, I got a Jeep, so I don't have a problem with any of that. But I have a rule, is that whenever it starts to snow, I leave. Because I know the people in this city don't know how to drive in snow. And thank God I did. I left at 2 p.m. yesterday. Stayed at home
1: just fine. That is a good rule. And actually, it's one that I also go by. Snow started to come down. I got home yesterday and thought I am not going anywhere now uh, at all just not leaving. Uh, But a lot of people don't have the choice. They had to go at a certain time. And boy, it's been messy. It is messy this morning too. Uh, There's heavy, heavy congestion on the major routes. I think people are going slower and still a lot of volume out there. We're keeping you up to date on how things are going. And we know that there were people stranded for hours. A lot of that, of course, centering around Surrey, people trying to come and go from that area. So we thought, let's check in and find out what the street and road conditions are like right there uh, now. So joining us is is matt brown the city of surrey streets manager for central and traffic operations thanks so much for joining us
3: good morning thanks for having me
1: have you been like up all night matt
3: we've been we've been very busy our crews have been working very hard we've been i i'd argue we've been up for since monday off and on all night so (laughs) we've been very busy
1: oh wow okay so what are conditions like right now are there any problem spots in surrey that we need to know about
3: Uh, we're still focusing on our priority one routes so we're going to keep focusing on those until they're clear Our goal is to get all the snow and slush off the road before we get a freeze tonight. So uh, once we've done our priority one roads, we're going to move into our twos and, and like I said, clear those before we get a freeze tonight.
1: Okay, so has this been constant and ongoing? Like, were there problems last night? where the roads just, you couldn't catch up to what was going on?
3: Yeah, it was winter conditions, so it was a heavy snowfall. So during snowfall events, um, we we stick to our priority routes, priority one routes, until those are clear, um, and and they're kind of... safe driving conditions then we moved to our priority two. so there was snow falling so there was snow on the roads out there it was winter conditions uh but our crews are working diligently to try to clear clear them as fast as they could
1: okay how are the hilly areas like say fraser highway heading into langley how are those parts
3: i drove in uh, through kind of south surrey area and a little bit of clover the other day and i saw most of the hilly areas were were getting cleared but um i do encourage residents if they don't have to go out there just take it if they do have to go out there take their time um, drive the conditions, and allow our trucks to do the work. And, and throughout the rest of the day, we'll clear all those routes up today.
1: Okay, and you said, so the priority one routes, and then do you expect to get to the other routes today or in the next 24 hours?
3: I expect we will today, for sure. We'll get into our priority twos.
1: How many people do you have working right now?
3: Um, we have sixty over 60 pieces of winter maintenance equipment available to us. So between our winter maintenance equipment operators and our fleet, we're well over 100, 100 staff working diligently on this right now.
1: Wow. Okay. So any advice for people then, Matt, as they're listening and especially trying to get around Surrey?
3: If you have to go in the boat today, um, I would just take your your time out there, drive to the conditions. Um, If you see our crews working out there, give them lots of space, let them do their jobs, and they'll get you there safely.
1: Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much for that update.
3: You're welcome. Thanks for your time.
1: That's Matt Brown, the City of Surrey Streets Manager, talking about they are all hands on deck, working to get those roads clear, that yes, they've got some winter conditions, but right now they are they think they're doing all right. They're going to work to get the next 24 hours really clear on those roads because they know things are going to freeze tonight as the temperatures drop. That is the key part. This is Mornings with Simi. We're also going to talk about what's been going on on this whole Surrey policing front because City Council met in Surrey this week and they are now one step closer to reversing that police transition and keeping their RCMP force. It has been quite a week on that front. So we thought let's check in on that. Melissa Granham joins us now, the Executive Director of the Surrey Police Board. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Simi. I hope you didn't have to drive anywhere yesterday.
0: Oh, I did, but I got home safe. I think that's what matters
1: most for most people. That is what matters most. I know it's been kind of crazy out there. Uh, Let's talk about what happened in council this week. I mean, is there a lot of confusion right now, even with the Surrey Police Board, about where things are at?
0: Uh, no, I don't think there's any confu- uh, confusion to me. This is part of a process, and, and the report that was tabled was not unexpected. It, it went to council as a framework, and we understand that that was part of a process that the city must undertake to request a change in policy model. So we're hoping that there will be an ability at some point for the board and SPS to discuss or share our information uh, about the progress of SPS with the city's project team and with city council.
1: Last time you and I spoke, you were hoping to sit down with the mayor to talk about these issues. Have any of those meetings come to fruition?
0: Uh, So we have our first board meeting uh, with the mayor as chair today. So we'll be having some discussions with her today. We still have not yet had an opportunity to meet with city council though. So
1: uh, have you reached out? Have you asked for those meetings?
0: Yes. Yeah. And and what I'm thinking is that I I can't obviously speak for the chair of the board, but perhaps she'd like to have a meeting with the board uh, and the board will be requesting um, for the third time a a meeting with council to discuss, like I said, where SPS is in its progress.
1: Did the board have any reaction to hearing what Surrey RCMP had to say? They were asked to address the council meeting earlier this week and and talked about staffing issues and and vacancies and, and their position on all of this. What did the police board think about that?
0: Well, the board doesn't receive any information from the RCMP on what resources are working in Surrey, so we can't speak to what we hear um, because we don't have anything official. And it is a point of frustration for us because we are responsible for our employees, yet they're working in a federally regulated environment. So we we would like to have more information on what's happening with our employees um, because, like I said, we are responsible for them, but they are working under a different uh, regime, so we, we do we would like to have some more information on what what the front line looks like.
1: Honestly, Melissa, though that sounds a bit confusing, doesn't it? it, it you don't know what's going on with your own employees because it's a different, you know, federally regulated environment.
0: Yes, that's correct. And, and you know, the the plan to transition from a contract police service to a municipal police service in a city the size of Surrey was never really It was never really um, contemplated in any of the policing agreements that exist. And so what we're dealing with is the attempt to make things work uh, so that we can integrate our police officers into the RCMP until such time as we can transition police of jurisdiction status. And then the board will have oversight of that work environment because it will be the Surrey Police Services jurisdiction Uh, the police of jurisdiction. And right now it's the RCMP. So our police officers are integrated into that environment. So it is a bit complicated. And that is part of the reason why the government is uh, we're hoping for a quick decision by government so that we can get this all sorted out and have some um, clarity for everybody.
1: What are the next steps, Melissa? Can you explain that to us?
0: So the next steps as far as the city uh, is concerned, they will be submitting a report to the province. Uh, The RCMP will also be submitting a report to the province. Um, The SPS has also been asked to submit uh, a report that just shows where we are in our progress. And what what gives me comfort is the province will only be accepting evidence-based reports that are backed up with data and they'll be making all of their decisions based on that evidence. So um, I would imagine all parties are working very hard right now to uh, produce reports that are evidence-based that the province can use to make their decision.
1: All right, I'm sure we'll be getting an update on this. And Melissa, thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome. That's Melissa Granham, Executive Director of the Surrey Police Board, talking about where that situation is at. It's been a lot of back and forth this week because of the Surrey RCMP reporting into Surrey Council in a very public way at that meeting. And yes, I think still some confusion. If you're a Surrey resident, you're wondering what the heck is going on here? Will there be some clarity this week? If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.